boat unlike any he had ever seen. The boat's sides had been built up by about half a foot. Two makeshift masts had been rigged, transforming the rowing vessel into a rudimentary schooner. The sails, stiff with salt and bleached by the sun, had clearly pulled the boat along for many, many miles. Coffin could see no one at the steering oar. He turned to the man at the Dauphin's wheel and ordered, Hard up the helm. Under Coffin's watchful eye, the helmsman brought the ship as close as possible to the derelict craft. Even though their momentum quickly swept them past it, the brief seconds during which the ship loomed over the open boat presented a sight that would stay with the crew the rest of their lives. First, they saw bones, human bones, littering the thwarts and floorboards, as if the whaleboat were the seagoing lair of a ferocious, man-eating beast. Then they saw the two men. They were curled up in opposite ends of the boat, their skin covered with sores, their eyes bulging from the hollows of their skulls, their beards caked with salt and blood. They were sucking the marrow from the bones of their dead shipmates. Instead of greeting their rescuers with smiles of relief, the survivors, too delirious with thirst and hunger to speak, were disturbed, even frightened. They jealously clutched the splintered and gnawed over bones with a desperate, almost feral intensity, refusing to give them up, like two starving dogs found trapped in a pit. Later, once the survivors had been given some food and water and had finally surrendered the bones, one of them found the strength to tell his story. It was a tale made of a whaleman's worst nightmares, of being in a boat far from land with nothing left to eat or drink, and perhaps worst of all, of a whale with the vindictiveness and guile of a man. Even though it is little remembered today, the sinking of the whale ship Essex by an enraged sperm whale was one of the most well-known marine disasters of the 19th century. Nearly every child in America read about it in school. It was the event that inspired the climactic scene of Herman Melville's Moby Dick. But the point at which Melville's novel ends, The Sinking of the Ship, was merely the starting point for the story of the real-life Essex disaster. The sinking seemed to mark the beginning of a kind of terrible laboratory experiment devised to see just how far the human animal could go in its battle against the savage sea. Of the twenty men who escaped the whale-crushed ship, only eight survived. The two men rescued by the Dauphin had sailed almost 4,500 nautical miles across the Pacific, farther by at least 500 miles than Captain William Bly's epic voyage in an open boat after being abandoned by the bounty mutineers, and more than five times farther than Sir Ernest Shackleton's equally famous passage to South Georgia Island. For nearly 180 years, most of what was known about the calamity came from the 128-page Narrative of the Wreck of the Whaleship Essex, written by Owen Chase, the ship's first mate. Fragmentary accounts from other survivors existed, but these lacked the authority and scope of Chase's narrative, which was published with the help of a ghostwriter only nine months after the first mate's rescue. Then around 1960, an old notebook was found in the attic of a home in Penn Yan, New York, Not until twenty years later, in 1980, when the notebook reached the hands of the Nantucket whaling expert, Edward Stackpole, was it realized that its original owner, Thomas Nickerson, had been the Essex's cabin boy. Late in life, Nickerson, then the proprietor of a boarding house on Nantucket, 
had been urged to write an account of the disaster by a professional writer named Leon Lewis, who may have been one of Nickerson's guests. Nickerson sent Lewis the notebook containing his only draft of the narrative in 1876. For whatever reason, Lewis never prepared the manuscript for publication and eventually gave the notebook to a neighbor, who died with it, still in his possession. Nickerson's account was finally published as a limited-edition monograph by the Nantucket Historical Association in 1984. In terms of literary quality, Nickerson's narrative cannot compare to Chase's polished account. Ragged and meandering, the manuscript is the work of an amateur, but an amateur who was there, at the helm of the Essex when she was struck by the whale. At fourteen, Nickerson had been the youngest member of the ship's crew, and his account remains that of a wide-eyed child on the verge of manhood, of an orphan, he lost both his parents before he was two, looking for a home. He was 71 when he finally put pen to...